French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Tuesday. Casey Gisclair here in our LaRose studios, wishing you all a wonderful start to your day. We are going to be entertaining you until 1 o'clock for the next 90 or so minutes. We've got some fun sports talk planned. We'll be talking about high school sports. We'll be talking about everything in between. In the next segment of the show, we've got Tommy Minton with Vanderbilt. Um, Catholic football on the line. The Terriers are trying to get hot in the second half of the season. And we'll talk with him about that. At noon, we'll go over the headlines, maybe take a little peek into what happened on Monday Night Football last night. Maybe talk a little LSU, maybe talk a little Saints. 12-15, Stan Gravois. It's our terrible general Tuesday. We always love to chat with Stan on Tuesdays. We'll get his thoughts on everything happening in the world of sports. Then at the bottom of the show, we'll... Again, take a peek at the local headlines and then get our betting picks and then we'll get out of here on what should be a wonderful and fun 90 minutes of sports talk. Let's thank our sponsors today, the Blue Boot Foundation, Bent's RV, located on Highway 90 in Boutique, Southland Dodge and Homa, Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name, Dufresne Building Materials, got you covered for all your roofing needs, Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Golden Motors, where price is priority. Proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and Community Youth Sports Organizations. A reminder, <clears throat> join us Friday. We're making a road trip, taking the show on the road, going to Assumption, South Lafouche against Assumption, out in Napoleonville. Join us for varsity football coverage, pregame 6.30, kickoff 7 o'clock. Tarpons will be taking on the Mustangs, and that broadcast is sponsored by 3T Oil. Lady of the Sea General Hospital, State Bank and Trust Company, Advanced Eye Institute, State Farm Agent Ashley Barrios, Danos, Golden Motors, Dufresne Building Materials, Tanner McGee for Judge Court of Appeals, Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, Joe Septic Contractors, Terrebonne General Medical Center, Southland Dodge, Rouse's Markets, South Lafouche Bank, Rev, and last but not least, Heather Hendricks, candidate for Lafouche Parish Judge, Division A. That'll be on Friday night. Loading up the caravan, heading out to Assumption, have the ball game. We'll have after the lights presented by Grand Isle Shipyard, and we'll hopefully have a strong showing from the visiting Tarpons. This coming week on the high school gridiron, um, look, man, it's been a rough start to the season for a lot of our local teams. And I would love to sit up here and say, well, that's all about to turn around. That's all about to change. Um, week six is going to be tough <laughs> for our local teams. There are a lot of local teams that are going to be facing very, very stiff competition this Friday. There are a lot of local teams who are going to be playing that underdog role on Friday. So, you know, hey, the old cliche is, oh, man, that's why they play the game and everything of the sort. Um, But there are going to be a lot of teams that are going to be very, very stiffly challenged. And we begin in 5A. Central Lafouche will be traveling to take on Destrehan. That's not going to be any barrel monkeys, bro. Destrehan is one of the best teams in the entire state. I gave you their point differential uh, for the season on yesterday's show, just ridiculous. They've scored like 260 points or whatever. They've allowed 11 points. Um, 
that's not going to be a fun experience for Central Lafouche, barring something extremely unexpected happening. HL Bourgeois is going on the road. They're going to the river, taking on East St. John out in reserve. Another situation where the Braves are going to be a huge underdog in that game. East St. John is undefeated. They're 5-0. and We talk about Destrehan this, Destrehan that, and rightfully so. They've got a chance to win the state championship in 5A. But East St. John's over here saying, man, what about us? We got to win over St. James. We got to win over Honville. We're playing some pretty damn good football too. H.L. Bourgeois will be a big, big, big underdog in that matchup. Honville. What about Honville? They're hosting Thibodeau. So Thibodeau, the brutal schedule of the first half, at some point it has to lighten up, right? Nope. They're facing Honville on the road this coming Friday night. Now, it does appear, it does appear on the surface that Hanville is probably the lesser of the three river teams. Well, hell, it doesn't appear on the surface. They've already lost to the other two river teams, so they are the least proficient of the three river teams. They're two and three right now on the season. They got to win over Mandeville. They got to win over North Shore. Destrehan blasted him. East St. John beat him. Newman blasted him. So Hanville is the lesser of all evils. Maybe there's an opportunity there for Thibodeau to kind of maybe sneak one through. But Thibodeau's defense is going to have to stiffen up. They're going to have to find a way to get off the field on third down, and the Tigers offensively are going to have to figure out ways to finish drives. Because Thibodeau's gaining a lot of yards, not scoring necessarily a ton of points right now. They're going to have to figure out ways to rectify that. The most manageable game for our local teams in 5A this coming week will be Terrebonne taking on Ellender. That'll be at Tom B. Smith Stadium on Friday. Terrebonne is 3-2 and two on the year. They've got an opportunity a game that I think they'll be favored to win in against uh, against Ellender. Uh, Ellender has athletes. They've got the ability to get to the edges, but Terrebonne is really becoming proficient up front. They're really becoming stout up front, and I think what we're going to see is Terrebonne offensively running right at Ellender and having some success, and then likewise, I think what Terrebonne's going to be able to do is they're going to be able to generate so much penetration just right on the inside that it's going to bust up the timing of some of the things that Ellender's looking to do. Not impossible, right? Ellender's going to be in it. Ellender's been in most of the games that they've played this season, even the ones that they've lost. So it's not mission impossible, but I think it's fair to say that the Patriots come into this one as a little bit of an underdog. The game you'll be able to hear right here on 102.7 is Assumption hosting South Lafouche. Um, Assumption has athletes. Assumption plays really good defense. Coach Brian Colley said yesterday on the show, one of the keys to this game is going to be, can South Lafouche handle Assumption's defensive pressure? Because from what it sounds like, from what Coach was saying, the Mustangs come. They come after you. You know, two, three blitzers, whatever. They try to get numbers, advantages, come at you with some free rushers, everything at the line of scrimmage. Now, when that works, yeah, you'll throw the opponent for a bunch of losses. You know, you'll lose three, four yards here and there. You'll be up against the chains. Now, when that doesn't work and you could just break that initial line and get through that first wave, there's often a lot of green grass. So can the Tarpons block it just long enough to get past that initial wave? If they can, there can maybe be some really big plays to be had. It's a fun matchup because it's a former Head coaching, well, not former, current head coach in B.J. Young, coaching against his former defensive coordinator in Will Broussard. So they've coached against one another in practice countless hundreds of times. 
be fun to see how this one will shake itself out out in Napoleonville for a Tarpon team that's hungry and desperate for a win. Also in 4A, we got Morgan City hosting Vanderbilt. We know what's going to happen there. We'll have Tommy Minton on in the next segment of the show. He's not going to say it directly, but Vanderbilt's going to go out to St. Mary, and they're going to take care of business over a Morgan City team that is struggling mightily. South Terrebonne has the unenviable task of taking on Lutcher on Friday. Lutcher's not anything to mess with, dude. We talked about this on yesterday. Dwayne Winfield's one of the better high school quarterbacks in the state. He could run, he could throw. They've got weapons all over the field. And they're really good defensively, too. Like, they've given up some points at times this year. Thibodeau kind of had their way with them in the opener, but they play good defense against St. Charles, and then really outside of that, they haven't given up anything. So they could continue to play that level of defense in addition to the offense that they have. In Division Two, they're going to be a tough, tough out. And I'll kind of break some of that down for you in just a second. E.D. White is going to be traveling and taking on Patterson. That's actually a, a, a low-key, quietly a very intriguing matchup. Because you got the Patterson offense that's so explosive, and they're making so many plays, and they're scoring so many points. And then now you got to take on the elite and, and borderline great E.D. White defense. Can E.D. White run the ball right at Patterson and have some success? I think they will. Can E.D. White keep the Patterson offense off the field? I think they can. Now, can Patterson break big plays and have big explosive plays on the edges against the Cardinals? That'll be the you know, $1 million question as we approach that matchup. But I wouldn't be surprised if they break a few and we're looking at a score that's 38 to 24 or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised if they keep it a little bit closer than maybe what some people expect to see out of that matchup there. Homa Christian will be taking on South Plaquemine. That'll be at home. That'll be a, another home matchup and another great opportunity for the Christian Warriors who are playing so much good football to start the season. And then we got CCA, Covenant Christian, who is going to be traveling to take on Vermilion Catholic, who's usually very, very proficient. So that'll be a tough task for the Lions. Wanted to give a rundown of where some of our local stand in volleyball power rating numbers because a lot of these numbers have changed drastically since we last updated you. Division one, Terrebonne is now the number 10 team in the state. Remember the last time we did the numbers, I was over here saying, man, Terrebonne's got a bad record. They're near the bottom. I did give the caveat at the time that they had played a brutal schedule and they were about to get hot. Well, guess what? They've gotten hot. They're now 14 and 15 playing some of the best of the best. They're now number 10 in those power rating numbers. HL Bourgeois is sitting at number 28 with an 18 and 13 record. And then some of the other teams towards the bottom, Thibodeau's 34th with a 5-6 and six record. Central Lafouche's 36th with a 9-17 and 17 record. And that'll round out our local teams in Division One. In Division Two, the Assumption Mustangs are number two in the state with a 15-8 and eight record. They're trailing only St. Thomas Moore, who get this. St. Thomas Moore's 18-0, so good luck to everybody in the Division Two bracket. South Lafouche is number 11. They're 20-14. and 14. It's a 20-win season for the Lady Tarpons, man. Not very many times in school history. Have been, they've been able to say that. South Terrebonne is number 14 with an 8-7 and seven record. Kudos to the, to the Lady Gators for making some positive things happen. Ellender is 35th. They're 5-15 and 15 overall. And it's not looking like it'll be a postseason year for them. Division 3, E.D. White is number 7 in the state with a 13-11 and 11 record on the year. Morgan City is number 17 in the state with an 11-13 and 13 record. Berwick is 18. They're 11-11. 11 and 11. Vanderbilt is 21 with a 10 and 11 record. And let's see, I believe that'll round out the local teams in Division Three, And indeed it will. Now in the smaller classifications, in Division Four, 
Let's find home a Christian here in Division Four. The Christian Warriors are. Let's see. Oh, they're not listed. They must be in Division Five. So we go to Division Five, and we see. Yep, there they go. Um, we've got Central Catholic sitting number three in the state with a ten and seven record. We've got Covenant Christian sitting at number seventeen with a ten and seven record, and Homa Christian is twenty third with a six and twelve record. So we've got a local, a lot of lot. Ooh, slow down. <laughs> a lot of local volleyball teams there. Easy for me to say who are going to be in postseason play. A lot of local volleyball teams that are going to be challenging and trying to make that run to the Pontchartrain Center. It's still ridiculous that we've only got five classifications in volleyball. It's still ridiculous that there's no split in volleyball. But, heck, a lot of the local teams are doing the best that they can, and that's all we could expect. Let's catch a break. When we get back, Tommy Minton of Vanderbilt will give us a rundown of how the first half of his season went and some things that the Terriers are looking to get accomplished in the second half. It's play-by-play here on KLEB. It's Ram Power Days at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups of their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Whether you need a truck for work or home life, the Ram will do its job. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa, here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients safe to all humans and pets check us out on facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com need our cedar beaters now call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back buzz off mosquito control safe effective guaranteed at riley john's blue boot foundation our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. Our first call-in guest of the day here on Play-By-Play is Vanderbilt head football coach Tommy Menton, who's on the line now. Coach, good morning, my friend. How are you today? 
doing fine. Huh? Uh, Coach, we lost you there for a second. Are you, you with us? Yes, I got you. All right, very, you. very good. Coach, you guys are uh, playing a district matchup on the road in St. Mary, taking on Morgan City on Friday night. Man, it's a club that needs a win, bro. You guys have lost three in a row. I'm sure the kids are hungry to, to try to get back in the winner's circle after a couple of tough weeks, man. Yeah, yeah, we, we definitely were hungry for a win. And, uh, you know, first of all, in order to get a win, you got to earn it. And, uh, you know, we've had to work on some things the last couple of weeks. Uh, we, we've had to start – almost start from scratch about doing things the right way so that we can, uh, so that we can basically earn that W. And, uh, I think our kids have responded favorably to, uh, starting last week and coming into this week. And, uh, hopefully that will carry over into our performance on Friday. Now, look, man, I know it's been a rough schedule. You know, you guys played E.D. White, Bell, Chase, Lutcher, St. Charles. Those are all very prominent programs, but the results not only have not gone in your favor, but a lot of times they've been lopsided, not in your favor. And I know that that's a little disappointing, man. Talk about your first half and what were some of the things you guys got to get better at? Well, we got to get better at paying attention to detail. You know, uh, I think a big problem that we're having is a lot of these players are in a position that they've never been in before. You know, they haven't had the lead. They haven't had to be the guy to step up and make a play. Uh, they, you know, they've sat behind some guys that were really good seniors over the last few years and have watched it done right, but have never done it. And, uh, you know, until you've been put in that position, you really don't know how you're going to respond. So, uh, you know, we've had to, we've had to do some soul searching. We've had to do some, uh, some stuff to uh, to try to pick them these guys back up and put them in the in the right places, and uh, I think we've done that. I think the kids are trying to do what we're asking them to do, and I think it's just a matter of, you know, the score hasn't reflected on it the last couple of weeks, but I can see our our performance in practice and practice habits that they are we are getting better at the things we're asking them to do, and I think pretty soon that's going to start showing on the scoreboard. Yeah, very good. Offensively, you guys have had a hard time the last few weeks, but look, again, you're facing really proficient defenses. But how do you start finishing those drives with points, man? Well, you know, if you if you look, we're killing it between the 30s. Yeah. And we're not finishing. We're not finishing. We're not showing the killer instinct. And, you know, when, when we broke things down this week, uh, you know, we've got we've had a ton of drop balls. Uh, we've had uh, a ton of penalties at inopportune times. And that's basically what's causing drives to stall. And until we can get clean and clean up those type of mistakes, you know, we're not going to be able to get into the end zone like we should. And, uh, you know, I, I've never – I mean, I've been coaching a long time. And the last two weeks, we ran over 60 snaps on offense. We've had over 360 yards both weeks on offense, and we've just scored seven points in each game. And that, that's a, you know, that's, that's a sign we're not finishing drives. That's a sign we're making too many mistakes and gaining the same yardage twice. So, I mean, that, that's got to be correct. Look, there's still a whole lot of football left to be played. You got five whole games left. But right now, you guys are sitting at number 26 in Division Two on the select side, which means it's go time, man. You guys can't afford to slip up anymore these next couple of weeks. You guys, if you want to get into the postseason, are going to have to get some winning results, man. Yeah, 
Exactly. You know, I mean, it, we, we told the guy. Uh, and, you know, looking at it, if you look at the power rankings and who's in front of us and the games they play, we play. If we went out, we'll solidify a very solid playoff spot and we should get a home game. But that's what we have to do. That's the focus we have to be on one week at a time and we need to win out. Yeah, no doubt about that. Morgan City, man, historically, they have been a little bit behind the eight ball. What are some of the things you're seeing with them on tape? What are some things you guys got to do well to combat them on Friday? Well, I mean, they're, gonna, they're throwing the ball an awful lot, and we're going to have to put some pressure on the quarterback, uh, and I think we can do that. But we're going to really have to, to, to work hard to get after him, disrupt him. I, I think we have some good matchups up front where we can do that. And uh, offensively, they really crowd the box. They're going to have seven and eight men in the box. And, uh, you know, they dare you to try to get on the perimeter. They dare you to try to throw the ball on them because they're going to play a lot of man coverage without a free safety in the middle. So uh, I think the opportunities will be there for some big plays. And when we get those opportunities, we got to take advantage of it. Very good. Coach, defensively, what are some of the things you're seeing with your crew that you like? And then maybe where are some areas that you guys are hoping to improve in the second half of the year? Well, I thought the other night against St. Charles, we started tackling a lot better. We made, we, we made some changes position-wise with some guys. Uh, got some, got a couple of younger kids that made their first starts against St. Charles. And I thought, uh, I thought defensively it was our best ball game of the year. If you look at it, uh, if we don't, you know, the two special team blunders that set them up inside the 10-yard line, uh, you take those away. It's a competitive game going into the fourth quarter that, you know, uh, we could possibly give ourselves a chance in. So uh, I, I think we've made a lot of progress on defense. Hopefully we can keep moving in the right direction there. What's the mood of the team like, man? Because, look, you guys are used to winning. You guys are not used to being one and four over there. You guys are a four and one or five and O oh type program. What's the mentality of the kids been like at practice? Mentality has been good. I mean, we had a little low there. And, uh, and you know, we took some corrective actions. And I, I thought last week and coming into yesterday, uh, we've had some of the best practices we've had all year. So that just needs to continue. We need to uh, to keep the attitude hungry. Uh, it's like I told them, I mean, this, this is the type of, of sport where, you know, you can't play vic- a victim because you're not a victim. And you can't. Feel sorry for yourself because the person across the line screaming from me is damn sure not going to feel sorry for you. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's go time, man. It's go time. We we, we got to pick it up right now. No doubt, my friend. Look, we thank you so much for the time. We'll chat again soon, okay? Thanks. Thanks for having me, Casey. Yes, sir. That is Coach Tommy Minton with Vanderbilt. He's right. It's go time, and it's go time right now. They're one and four. Look, what he said a minute ago, if we get hot, everything's still in front of us. That's 100% right. They're at 26, but there's not a whole lot of separation between them and some of the other teams that are above them. If they get hot, they've got an opportunity. But you got to get hot. You know, if you beat Morgan City and beat South Terrible, but then slip up to Ellen or slip up to Assumption, like, no. There's no more margin for error. You've got to start playing good football, and you've got to start playing good football right now. Right now, this coming Friday, I get it, it's against Morgan City. I get it, you could roll out of bed and probably get a win in that one. 
but that doesn't need to be, um, you know, a 31 to 14 win. That needs to be, you know, your 40 or 50 to nothing win. You've got to make a statement there that, hey, we're about ready to start rolling again. Then you got to go play South Terrebonne at home and you got to put it on them too. You got to start building some of that momentum and drawing a line in the sand and saying, hey, all this nonsense of turning over the ball and penalties and all this stuff that Tommy was just talking about. That's for the birds. We're not doing that anymore. That stuff we did in the first half of the year, that's not something we're going to do in the second half of the year because, again, yeah, they did play a rough schedule. I get it. But they were getting blown out by their rough schedule. They lost 35 nothing to E.D. White. They lost by 35 to Lutcher. They lost by 28 to St. Charles. So it's not as easy as to just say, oh, man, we were playing good teams. You know, it, it, it happens. No, they weren't playing well against good teams, and that's why the results were as lopsided as they were. Now, with that having been said, Tommy's been doing this a long time, and he's a really, really good coach. He's super good at what he does. Are they battling a little youth and a little inexperience there? Yeah, they are. But guess what? A Tommy Minton coach football team is going to play their best football win in October and in November. Vanderbilt's going to start winning some games here in district play. I think they're going to be A-OK. They're one of the local teams that I look at for having possibly a really, really big second half, rebounding, getting into the playoffs, and all that good stuff in between. It's play-by-play. When we get back, we'll talk a little bit about Monday Night Football, maybe talk a little bit of LSU, possibly a little Saints sprinkled in there. The Saints made a big roster mistake yesterday that we'll kind of chime in on. It's kind of awkward. It's kind of weird. But yet, given the regime right now in New Orleans, not altogether surprising. It's play-by-play here on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your State Farm agent has your back, too, through good times and the not-so-good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. There are over 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Fence RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Fence RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on over to Fence RV to experience a Top 50 dealer or visit us at FenceRV.com. you have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. 
When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Want to become a certified babysitter? Terrebonne General Health System is excited to offer super sitter classes. Participants will learn first aid and CPR along with safety, business, and basic child care skills. Classes are for ages 11 to 15 and will be held at Terrebonne General. Upon completion of the program, students will receive a two-year American Red Cross Babysitter CPR first aid certification. Our summer sessions are about to kick off. For class schedules and prices or to register, call 985-850-6204 or visit tghealthsystem.com. Baby, you a song, you make me want to roll my windows down and cruise. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. We've got one hour to spend. If you're just getting in the car and you're going to lunch, may your lunch be as delicious as possible. If you're driving through home on MLK, Picking up some Raisin Canes. Boy, I hope they put a little bit of extra cane sauce in your box combo. Hope everybody's enjoying their day. We'll be chilling with you guys until 1 o'clock. A little bit of an interesting note. Um, Two things. And then I'll dive into Monday Night Football. First, Jerry Jones announced today that Dak Prescott is out for another Sunday because, quote, the grip on his thumb just isn't strong enough yet. (laughs) Jerry... (laughs) <laughs> the longer and longer that Cooper Rush continues to play for Dallas, boy, I just get that feeling that that grip on Prescott's thumb is going to get weaker and weaker because right now it's a situation where I think a lot of folks are saying, ah, you know, Russia's winning. The competition hasn't been great. And they're not necessarily wrong, though the Giants are 3-1. and one. The Bengals have won every game since playing Dallas. And, you know, the Commanders aren't horrible, right? They're 1-3, but they're not absolutely terrible they do do some things well if Cooper Rush goes on the road and I say on the road loosely because the Cowboys playing in Los Angeles is going to be a home game for the Cowboys but if Cooper Rush goes on the road and beats the Rams Sunday might as well just cut that thumb off because you ain't getting back into the game bro I think it's funny. They started out right at the beginning oh you know no way no way no how Uh, Prescott's gonna be back in two weeks, that was the the word on the street. He was going to be back for the Commanders game. Okay, then Rush beats the Bengals. Everybody was kind of saying it was a fluke. You know, oh, hey, the defensive line won that one. They were flushing Burrow out. Then he goes on the road Monday night football. They fall behind. He plays super great in the second half. They beat the Giants. And then it's like, okay, well, you know, hey, we bought time. That was what they kept saying. Oh, we, we, we bought some time. We'll rest Dak one more week. We bought some time. Then Cooper Rush beats the hell out of the Commanders, 25-10. to 10, Two touchdowns, no interceptions. And now, it, oh, he, he can't grip the ball right. He, his grip's not strong enough. He's not ready to play. What are they going to say next week when Rush goes in, on the road and plays the Rams? If Rush has a big game against those guys, that injury's going to keep lingering and lingering and lingering. And then at some point, they're going to just have to say, yo, we just ain't playing the other dude because we like what we got right now. Cooper Rush does more of the little things well that Dak Prescott doesn't do. 
Dak Prescott's wanting to press the ball down the field and throw long 30, 40-yard passes down the field, often into coverage. <clears throat> Cooper Rush is saying, all right, I'll just go ahead and take this eight-yard slant. Go ahead and get a first down. Oh, yeah, that's cool. And first and 10. Yeah, I'll take this six-yard pass to the tight end. And Yeah, we'll, on second and four, we'll just go ahead and run it and pick up the first down. And controlling the clock, controlling the game, controlling possession. And it's led for a very, very efficient Cowboys offense. I thought that headline was funny. It's all oh, his grip isn't strong enough. He can't play because his thumb's still not healed. You guys told me whenever the injury happened, he'd be back in two weeks. Now all of a sudden he's not healing right. Come on now, it looks and smells like a fish. It probably is a fish. Another thing, then I'll dive into the game. <clears throat> Last night, the Los Angeles Rams, Bobby Wagner, um, and Takaris uh, McKinley mauled down a fan who ran onto the field in protest. The fan went onto the field in San Francisco with a pink smoke bomb and was running onto the field, and he was evading the guards pretty well. And then McKinley and Wagner said enough of this, and they just dumped trucked him and like hit sticked him and knocked him out, and then the police you know secured him and subdued him. Every single time one of these jackasses run onto the field in protest of whatever they're trying to raise awareness for, this is what needs to happen. Like, I would even be okay with teams designating a idiot detector on each roster and saying, hey, when they run on the field, you knock them out. You go run them down, you horse column, you knock them out. I never have understood why this happens so frequently, why it's so easy for it to happen so frequently until I actually went to a sporting event live a couple of weeks ago when I went to Death Valley. There's just not a whole lot of security at these events. And as I say that, I went to LSU and Southern. That was a game where a fan did come out onto the field. Where there was an incident. There's like three or four cops along the rails across the entire 100 yards of the field. So there's 20, 30, 40-yard gaps in between where people could just walk right up to the rail and stroll right onto the field. And when that happens, they deserve to get knocked the bleep out. So good on Bobby Wagner, good on uh, uh, Takaris McKinley, and good on whatever player in the future will do the same thing because that's the only way we're going to stop this stupidity from happening is by giving them a real consequence. And I don't mean going to jail for the night and then bailing yourself out on a $500 you know, misdemeanor petty charge. These guys deserve to feel the hurt a little bit. Because guess what? Back in my day, whenever I was the age of doing dumb and stupid things like this when I was in my early 20s. If I had the option of, hey, do I walk out onto the field and have my little moment and get taken to jail or do B, I walk out on the field and get hammered by Ray Lewis, guess what? I ain't choosing option B. I'm not letting Ray Lewis get his hands on me. So today, Micah Parsons, Bobby Wagner, Demario Davis, all the great linebackers of the NFL, take note if this happens again, go lay his ass out. That's the only way we're going to stop this from happening. Now let's talk about Monday Night Football for a second. It was an interesting game. The 49ers get a, uh, goodness, computer froze up, 24-9, sorry, 24-9 victory over the Los Angeles Rams. San Francisco didn't necessarily play great offensively, but they were in control throughout the course of the game. 
a couple of notes. And the first one is not me telling you anything you don't already know, but Debo Samuel's an ox, man. I I love watching football guys, right? Like guys that you just throw them in any situation and they'll find ways to succeed. Micah Parsons, I, I've, I've ranted and raved about him, and I'm not going to turn this into something about the Cowboys, but I've talked openly about how much I enjoy watching Micah Parsons play. And that's because if you play him at linebacker, defensive line, defensive end, defensive tackle, safety, uh, receiver, tight end, like wherever you put him, he's going to find a way to make an impact. Debo Samuel is the same way. Last night in the backfield, he didn't have a whole lot of an impact. Two carries for two yards. He was kind of bottled up. But every single time the 49ers needed a play, they were going to 19. And 19 was delivering. Took a long screen pass to the house. Took another little bubble for about 20, 30 yards on a third down play. The guy runs like his entire body is on fire. And in an NFL today where guys are shying away from contact and are kind of trying to evade contact, Debo Samuel says, nope, I am running through you. You're going to have to physically force me down to the ground. And oftentimes because of that, you're not able to hit him square. You're not able to get him to the turf, and he breaks tackles like an animal. Debo gets six catches, 115 yards last night and was absolutely dominant. He was the best player on the field last night on a field that had a lot of Pro Bowl players on it. That's the first thing. The second thing is that I'm beginning to have serious concerns about how good the Rams actually are. The Rams won the Super Bowl last year, but they've lost a lot of key pieces off of that team. Wide receiver-wise, they don't have a whole lot of weapons, y'all. It's Cooper Cup, and then it's a whole lot of nothing out there. Tyler Higby, I guess. But it's Cooper Cup out there pretty much getting all the balls. He had 19 targets last night for the Los Angeles team. They're missing Odell. They're missing Robert Woods. They're missing some of the other playmakers. And then more important than that, they're missing a lot of their offensive line. The Rams have some injuries up front. And then we, we we know about the retirement to Whitworth, and they really haven't altogether replaced him, right? But then up front, they have some guys who were injured and who were beat up, and it's really taking a toll. Matthew Stafford got sacked seven times last night, and really by the end of the game, Sean McVay had just kind of tapped out and said, hey, I, I know we can't block him, so we're going to just throw screen passes all game long, which ended up biting them in the rear because before the game ended, the 49ers said, all right, I see your screen pass and I raise you a pick six. They were jumping into the passing lanes of the screens knowing that, hey, even if it's a hitch and go and we could potentially be vulnerable by jumping the route, Stafford's not going to have time to look up the field because we're going to sack him by the time the receiver gets 20 yards down the field. So they were being super aggressive, jumping into those passing lanes, and it led to a pick six. So the Rams are 2-2. Two and two. They've played two what we would call quasi-elite teams. Well, not Buffalo. Buffalo is definitely elite. Definitely elite. <laughs> San Francisco, I'd like to see a little bit more. But yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll go ahead and say that they're there. They're one of the best teams in the NFC, certainly. And they got blasted in both of them. Buffalo beat them 31-10. The 49ers beat them 24-9. And then even the games around that weren't altogether impressive. At home against Atlanta, they struggled. They were... Up big and blew that whole lead. Atlanta had the ball late with a chance to win that game. 
Then last week against the Cardinals, they win, but it was only 20-12. to 12. Like, they didn't necessarily dominate an Arizona team that even they don't look very good right now. They're kind of struggling and limping around. So there's some big concern areas there for the Rams, and now they're approaching a tough part of their schedule. They've got Dallas coming up. That'll be a home game or a road game at home. They're going to be playing Dallas in Los Angeles. <laughs> you should get by Carolina, but then you got the 49ers again. Then you got the Bucks, and you know the Saints won't be easy, especially not in the Dome. And you got the Chiefs and the Raiders. Like the Rams have a lot of losable games here, a lot of losable games. So we'll see. Can they get right? Can they start blocking better? Do they maybe sign a receiver? Odell Beckham is still available. Could he come back in and maybe save the day again? I don't know, but they need something, man. Because right now, they don't look the part. They don't look like they're an elite team at the level that they were last year. There's a whole lot of time for that to change. There's a whole lot of time for that to reverse. We've only played a month of games. But right now, the early results for the Rams are that they're a one-trick pony on offense. They can't run the ball. Akers and Henderson are not getting any holes or any running lanes. All they want to do is throw short passes to Cooper Cup, and teams are just pinching it. They're pinching it. They're saying, hey, you're not going to beat us deep. We're going to just bump you guys off the line, go sack the quarterback, force you into third and long, and then you're not going to do anything with it. So that's been the challenge for the Rams as they fall to a 49ers team that dominated physically up front. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Stan Gravois. It's our Terrebonne General Tuesday, and we can't wait to chat with Stan here on Play by Play. We'll be right back after this quick commercial timeout. You're listening to KLEB. 1600 AM and K274 DE 102.7 FM Golden Meadow. The music on the bayou, the all new Raging Cajun 102.7 FM. The music on the bayou, the Raging Cajun 1600 AM, KLEB and 102.7 FM. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. There are over 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Fence RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Fence RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on over to Bents RV to experience a Top 50 dealer or visit us at BentsRV.com. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients, offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets with cages and certified safety slings for easy maneuvering, also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7 in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville Reserve, and now Odessa, Texas. Visit Joe's Septic at viscom.net. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. 
And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's Shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market's feels like home. Looking to achieve a healthier lifestyle but have little time? The Terrebonne General Executive Health Program can improve your overall health for a lifetime in one visit. With little to no waiting, you get a whole year of wellness in one convenient location. Our preventative screenings increase your well-being by providing early detection against illness. With exceptional VIP service, you leave with a plan in hand to achieve a healthier lifestyle tailored for you. Call the Terrebonne General Executive Health Team at 985-850-6204 today. It is Tuesday, so that means it's time to take a trip to visit our friends over at Terrebonne General. It's our Terrebonne General Tuesday with Mr. Stan Grava, who's on the line now. Stan, good afternoon, buddy. How are you? Good, Casey. Hope everybody's doing well. Yep, we are, man. Uh, it's been a uh, a tumultuous first half of the high school football season for our local teams. There hadn't been a whole lot of success, man. And then you look at the upcoming schedule, and unfortunately, this coming Friday, we got a lot of local teams who are going to be big underdogs. you got Central Lafouche taking on Destrehan, H.L. Bourgeois taking on East St. John, Hanville and Thibodeau. There are a lot of matchups where you would say, at least on paper, the local teams are not expected to win. But then you look down the road and you see that you know the schedule does lighten up for some of the local teams. So I do have to think that even though this Friday might not be where we see the results, I do think the second half of the year will be better for us than the first half of the year was. Well, the only thing is, Casey, is that when it does lighten up, it's some of our own teams playing our own teams. Yeah. And that's not necessarily good, I guess, if you want an overall picture of the body being stronger. Tumultuous, that was a good word because, I, listen, I didn't expect it to be what it was. I thought we would close the gap just a little bit this year, and I'm not sure – if the gap is not as wide as it's ever been. The river is, is obviously strong, and other parts of the state are strong, and there's just something amiss. I'm not quite sure what it is, uh, but uh, when you look at scores being 47 to nothing, 56 to nothing, you know, it, it, it's a little disheartening. And uh, let's just hope the river is in this, like, unbelievably great cycle right now, and we just sort of aren't, and we have a future to look at. Because I would, I would love to see that gap close up. So, one of the teams that I got earmarked to pay attention to in the second half is Vanderbilt, and I had Tommy Minton on earlier in the show, and he was very honest. He said, "Yeah, we're one and four, but it's not as easy as just saying, oh, well, we played a hard schedule.'" He was open and saying, "We haven't played well. You know, we're turning the ball over, we're making special teams mistakes, and we're getting the ball into the red zone, not finishing drives." He's confident that they'll get things turned around. But they're one of the teams that's a little surprising, man. Look, they, they, they have played a rough schedule, but to just see them be non-competitive in a lot of those games is a little bit of a surprise to me. Yeah, I would agree with you, and I do agree that they're probably going to turn things around. Morgan City, as we mentioned on the sports corner, is always that team that sort of can get you headed in the right direction, and that's who they have this week. I think with Vanderbilt, it, it's been sort of a leadership thing. I think Maybe they're not getting the kind of leadership that they need to have. And I'm not talking about from the coaches, obviously. I think that's one of the best coaching staffs in the state of Louisiana. I just think sometimes you have to look to 
kids that are lining up next to you, and I know they had a few discipline problems recently, and you, you just have to get that that it factor from some of you kids. Uh, who, and they don't have to be seniors, by the way. They could be juniors, not usually sophomores and freshmen, but kids who lead by example, who are not going to let the ball slip, so to speak. So uh, I, I think if they get that, which you can, and, and they have the – again, the remaining schedule to really get it together, yeah, they can be a team that I think can make a little noise in that district. Now, can they climb back into a PowerPoint ranking that's going to be conducive to winning a couple of games in the playoffs? I don't know, because Division Two for the non-select schools is going to be really, really tough. That's one of the next questions. It's a great segue is that Vanderbilt is one of those teams, and there are a lot of teams like this in our area where – it's easy to say, yeah, there's still five games left, and that's a fact. But there are a lot of local teams who can't afford to have any more hiccups along the way, Vanderbilt being one of them. They're like 26th in Division Two. If they want to get in and have a favorable seat, they've got to get hot right now. In Division One, you know, South Lafouche, Central Lafouche, Thibodeau, like those teams have to start winning games right now. We're going to have a whole month worth of regular season playoff games before we actually start the playoffs. Well, the problem is now is that your biggest move related to PowerPoints is over because once you get into district play, everybody beats up each other in district play. You don't get a whole lot of pluses unless you have that one open date, and that one open date might help you. For example, Lutcher High School has actually dropped the last two weeks in PowerPoint rankings. Can you imagine I mean, they won 56 to nothing this past week, and they dropped. And it's because the rest of the district is not going to help them that much along the way. And the fact that everybody in district is going to beat up on everybody in the district. Their one sort of saving grace is, is they take on Hornville in non-district action, I think next week, maybe the week after, and that helps them a little bit. So to throw in one non-district game in there is going to help some teams. Other teams, it's not going to help. because, uh, And when I say other teams, other districts. Because there are some districts where you don't have an open date. So if you were going to make that move, you sort of made it. So with five games left, how much movement you make is not going to be the same as how you started off with the five first games. Boy, I tell you, knowing how to maneuver through the math is such a big part of this in any sport right now in the LHSAA. And a great case in point of that is in volleyball right now because I looked at the numbers last week and Terrebonne was like in the low 20s. I looked at the numbers again today. They're number 10 in Division One. Coach Hamner and his crew have gotten hot. They've beaten some quality competition. They're relying on some of the power points that they earned earlier in their schedule, and Terrebonne has made a big, big leap forward, and they're now in a really good spot. Yeah, and, you know, he did it the way that some teams do it when they approach playing all of the best. And even if you don't lose to the best, excuse me, if you don't win against the best, you're still going to get all of the points they get for wins. And I think that's sort of starting to happen. Because remember, if you play three games, right, and you lose to Mount Carmel, well, Mount Carmel's only had three games. But if you start figuring out that at the end of the year, Mount Carmel now has 22 wins on their schedule and you get all of that, you keep rising along the way. But everybody who thinks out there, just because your team, whether it's volleyball, football, whatever the sport may be, if you think just because your team won on a given night that you're going to move up in the PowerPoint rankings, 
you're sadly mistaken because a lot of what you did early on is going to affect what happens all throughout the season, and that's what sort of happened in the Terrebonne, plus the fact that they're playing better, right? They had some injuries early on. A lot of people in this area thought Terrebonne may be the best team in volleyball, and unfortunately with those injuries to some key girls, it was a little tough for them, but I think they're starting to get that together, and certainly they're going to be very competitive in that district. No doubt. So let's talk a little bit of college and pro now. The Saints fall out in London. They played better, but still get the same result. And I think it's a New Orleans team that, frankly, is just playing to level their competition at this point. Uh, Dalton, I thought, looked pretty good. Uh, you got your running game going. Now then you get the news today that the running back who got that run game going is no longer on the team. He's left and gone to the Denver Broncos, signed off the practice squad. I don't know, man. Something just seems amiss. This is a football team that's inventing ways to lose games. I don't know it's early, but it's just been disappointing watching New Orleans so far. Yeah, it has been. And I guess if you look back at it, that's probably the best game they played. But there's something still wrong, and I'm not quite sure what it is. I was impressed that the run game sort of opened up some things. I do think that there were some, you know, openings for Andy Dalton to be a better quarterback than what we've been seeing. And maybe they just didn't open up the playbook at some times for him, especially playing limited. But you still have, you know, the the, the odd thing for me is, is you did see Jameis Winston on the sideline. You saw Kamara on the sideline. I I don't think I ever saw Mike Thomas on the sideline. It's like, where is he? What's, what's, so there's something that's, Still doesn't seem too, too right about that one. On defense, I think the Saints done have done about as much as they can. But, boy, I'm going to tell you what, Jordan, excuse me, Justin Jefferson was uh, probably as good as anybody on that field this past weekend, and I thought he made a huge difference in that game. Again, it was a better effort, but, man, you, you know, you just can't keep doing this. The one – you know, again, saving grace is is that the rest of that division is not particularly uh, super. Nobody's running away with things. Even the Bucks are at two and two, so you still have a chance. You're supposed to beat Seattle. I don't know if you do or not, but you're supposed to beat Seattle, so you could get right back in it after one game. You're second in the NFL in penalty yards, and then you're last in turnover margin, minus seven. Man, <laughs> it's amazing to me that they're even in these games when you're doing that. Because look. Tommy Minton actually used the phrase when he came on, you're having to gain the same yards twice. New Orleans is having to do that over and over and over again, and they're giving up defensive first downs. And, you know, hey, look, some of them are questionable. I get that. But they're not all questionable. You know, sometimes those defensive backs are just tackling guys down the field. So you're giving up hundreds of yards and penalties. You're minus seven in four games in turnover differential. That's just ugly football. And like I said, to, to open up the question, it's amazing that they're even close right now. Yeah, I agree, and sometimes you don't get those calls just because of what you are and what you're perceived to be, and I think that's what happens with the Saints. Most of those penalties on defense were very warranted. There was one maybe on Matthew where he didn't go to the head, and it was a big point in the game, and I realized that the NFL, those big points in the game pretty much dictate the outcome of games, but there's still has to be something you you get that way because of perception you get that way because these officials watch film of the games leading up to the games that they're going to call and and that's why they're not getting those calls so yeah i do agree with that 
But it's still, listen, if you don't play offense better than what you've played offense in the NFL, as the Saints have, you're not going to win very many games. And I, I certainly hope they get that turned around. I'm curious to see who's going to be the quarterback going forward. That leads to the next and last Saints question. How dis, uh, disappointed, maybe not the right word, how unnerved would you be if when Winston got back, he were under center, assuming, of course, that we get more of Andy Dalton and the play continues to be at the level that it was on Sunday? Because I think he's head and shoulders better right now. Maybe there's the argument to be made that if Winston were healthy, the play would be different. I have my doubts about that. I know a lot of Saints fans would be very, very disappointed if they made a change right now. Would you be one of them? Uh, and when you say a change, a change going back to Jameis Winston? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I would be disappointed. I, I wouldn't be, you know, obviously uh, I'm not going to go into a big funk about it, <laughs> whatever. But, uh, you know, yeah, I, I. and the other thing is I would hope they open up the playbook just a little bit more for Andy Dalton consider that the guy has more starts than what Jameis Winston does in NFL. Don't close the book on him, that's for sure. You'd like to see him play with Alvin Kamara in the backfield. That could be interesting, you know, because that opens up things a little bit more. Yeah, I think to anybody who is outside of that facility, we have seen or we have observed that Dalton gives you a better chance. Now, what they're seeing on the inside, I'm not quite sure. I, it, it would be very disappointing. Yeah, I agree. LSU gets a win on Saturday. Boy, they struggled through it, though. They fell behind 17-0. They were struggling with blocking. They were struggling in the passing game with drops, defensively coverage bust. But then they found a way. They got a defensive score. They uh, take advantage of some questionable decisions by Auburn's coaching staff, and they get a 21-17 win. Now, on one hand, it was a little disappointing watching LSU play the way that they did. Then on the other hand, LSU posted a locker room video of Brian Kelly where he was open and honest. He told the kids after the game, look, we did not play well. But for a team to go on the road in the SEC and play this poorly and still win is a testament to the hard work and the dedication and the sacrifices the team's been making. So it's really cool to see a coach knowing and understanding and being honest like, hey, it's got to get better than this because this wasn't good enough. Oh, I agree. I agree. To win in the SEC, uh, we talked about you can kind of throw out Alabama at the top and maybe Vanderbilt at the bottom. Any given Saturday afternoon or Saturday night, I think anybody can beat anybody. I think it compounds when you have to get on the road and play. The facilities at Auburn, the resources at Auburn are the same as they are at LSU. They have, you know, everything that's top of the line, state of the art. So, no, I, I didn't think there was going to be anything easy about that game. If you would have said, hey, Auburn is going to get out to a 17 to nothing lead and they're going to lose it, I don't know if I would have agreed with you on that one. But I thought LSU did everything that they needed to do. My, my negative with LSU is, is that I just wish, and this could be total perception, I'm not in their facility every day watching them practice, just kind of wish there would be more of two things. One, a sense of urgency at, from the get-go. And two, just that, that football IQ. There were two times in that game, I don't know if you noticed this, Casey, where Auburn had fourth down relatively late in the game, around their oh, maybe LSU's 40-yard line. And they go for it, and they throw the ball plus 20 yards down the field on both of those occasions. And on both of those occasions, 
the defensive back from LSU tried to intercept the yep. ball. And, and, and I'm thinking, and, and not that they had place to run after the interception. I get it if you have place to run. But it was basically a jump ball or whatever the case may be. And I'm going, well, you know, common sense says just knock the ball down. You're going to get the ball 25 yards further up the field. And they didn't. Actually, I give a lot of credit to Brooks, the young man who I thought really saved the game for him later on. He was the guy who went to his defensive back peers, his guys he works with back there in the defensive backfield, and said, just knock it down, you know? And I'm going, that's part of football IQ. And we talk about how the kids in our local area playing high school sports that achieve more have that sort of IQ. I worry about that a little bit with LSU as a team. I, I don't doubt for a second that it's not taught, but some of that sort of you grow up with it. You know, you just you grow up with it, and you, it, it, it's worrisome a little bit. I'm sure, you know, that Coach Kelly will tell you those guys that Notre Dame were always ready to go, and they had this, you know, super high IQ with everything and all of that. I think there are some at LSU that do, but those are the guys who need to step up and take the lead. What's going on with Kayshawn Booty, man? This look, you know, he he's not playing well. He looks disengaged. He was kind of being argumentative at times on the sideline. Now, to his to be fair, after the game, you know, he was on the field and celebrating and having a good time with his teammates in the locker room and everything of the sort. Something is amiss. This is not the same guy who was breaking ankles as a freshman and who was scoring all those touchdowns as a sophomore. Something is amiss. What's going on there? Yeah, if we would have said, uh, you know, five games into the year, uh, Kashan Butte would not even have 100 yards of receiving, we would have, <laughs> we would have bet our house on that, right, Casey? Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Perception is not good for sure, because every time you see it, the perception is, is that it's not going well. If you listen to Brian Kelly, he will tell you that that's not the case, that all he's there for, meaning Butte, is to win. And he's fine with winning. Sure, he'd like to get the ball more, but, you know, he would. He, he just wants to win. So I'm going to take it as that. But evidently the camera's always catching him at the wrong moment because, again, the perception of what we're seeing and what they're showing is not very good. Tennessee coming to Death Valley, this is the first time in a while that Tennessee is relevant. They're number eight in the country. I think that ranking might be a touch high, but, heck, man, we'll find out on Saturday – they're coming on the road. It's an early kickoff. They've got an offense that's explosive as heck. Their defense is maybe a little bit lacking, so we may see a shootout in Tiger Stadium. What are you expecting to see from LSU against the Volunteers on Saturday morning? Well, I expect a shootout in Tiger Stadium for sure because you're right. I think Tennessee can score it, and I think they're going to do some things because it's not just necessarily a passing game or a running game. It's not just necessarily a quarterback who can only run with it or who can only pass it. He can do both. So I think offensively, you know, it's going to be a situation where Tennessee is going to score some points. It's whether LSU can keep up that pace. If the LSU offense plays like it did against, you know, uh, Auburn, it's going to be a long night. I mean, they threw for 85 yards, I think it was. You throw for 85 yards this week, you're going to get blasted. You can't, you can't do that again. Do you miraculously fix that? Maybe so. And maybe there's some things we haven't been seeing. And again, matchups are everything. It's certain teams just match up well against other teams, and I'm hoping that's the case with Tennessee. But as I just look at it being this offensive shootout, it, 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 
this is one I wouldn't want to have to make a big bet on because I don't know what my bet would be. I hear you. Before we let you go, man, the Colonels got devastated on Saturday. They're they're up by 12 points with two minutes to go, and Northwestern gets the score. Northwestern gets the kick. The Northwestern gets another score, and Nichols drops to 0-5. Look, man, that was as disappointed as I've been watching a Nichols game in a long, long time. The Colonels had it. They played well up until the final stages, couldn't close it out. I know Tim and his team and his staff must have been devastated. Listen, with about two minutes and uh, I forgot how many, uh, uh, you know, a handful of change seconds left, I, I left it. I, I thought two scores, they got this in the bag, I'm done. And then one of my athletic trainers said, boy, Nichols, what a way to lose. And I was like, what? And then I went back and saw what had happened. Kind of unbelievable. We made the statement last week that this was a must win. Uh, it certainly was. Uh, I, don't get me wrong, because I think it's going to be tough to win a conference championship now. But that being said, you have Houston Baptist, well, Houston Christian, because I know they just changed the name of the school. You have Houston Christian this weekend, and that one even becomes more magnified because Houston Christian is not very good. But but how do you put all your eggs in the basket with Nichols for what has happened? Do you, uh, there comes a point in time where I guess your team just feels, feels kind of like it's just, you know, shell-shocked and 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 obviously that happened the other night i would never have thought that a tim rebo team with two scores up with what a minute 37 uh could lose that but it happened and and the fact is is that if it's a team like you know incarnate word of southeastern maybe but it was northwestern state yeah no doubt very well said my friend we thank you so much for the time we'll chat again soon okay partner all right everybody take care Yep, that is Stan Gravois with Terrebonne General. It is our Terrebonne General Tuesday interview. It's always a good time. Let's go ahead and catch a break. When we get back out of the break, I'll talk about some New Orleans Saints. There are some things that I'm seeing that I'm maybe not necessarily liking. Uh, We'll also talk some LSU. It's play-by-play here on KLEB. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. It's Ram Power Days at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups of their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Whether you need a truck for work or home life, the Ram will do its job. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa, here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. 
pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe, effective, guaranteed. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Thanks, Dan Gravas, so much for the time. Also, thank Tommy Minton for the time a little earlier in the show. We'll talk some New Orleans Saints, and then we'll kind of break down the LSU and Tennessee matchup here. On play-by-play, we've got a good Tuesday show going. we got about another, oh, 17, 18 minutes to spend with you today. Um, the New Orleans Saints are 1-3. and three. They're heading towards a matchup with Seattle. Y'all, I talked about this a little yesterday. I can't stress how important this game with Seattle is on Sunday. A, if you win it and you get to two and three, you're kind of sort of right back in the thick of things. Though I don't think New Orleans at the end of the season is going to be in the chase for anything. Tampa's schedule's about to lighten up. They're about to start winning some games. They'll get back on track. They're going to win the NFC South. But if you lose to Seattle at home in the Dome, your fans are going to be on full-on Revolt, this team stinks, we ain't coming back mode. The following Sunday, you'd be playing the Bengals in the Dome. It'd be a road game. Then you'd be going on the road, taking on Arizona, and like your schedule's going to stiffen up, so like you're going to get swallowed up. And then you become a laughing stock because then you would have to read all the headlines of the Eagles own the Saints pick. It's going to be a top five pick. It's going to be a top ten pick, whatever it's going to end up being. The pressure that is on this team Sunday is enormous. The pressure that is on Dennis Allen in the next month is enormous. Dennis Allen's got to get this right. This team's got to start playing better. This team's got to start playing cleaner. This team's got to start eliminating turnovers. In four games minus seven, that's impossibly bad. That's impossibly bad. I could see minus one, minus two, minus seven in four games. That tells me that, A, you're turning over the ball like a bakery, and B, that you're not forcing any. Neither of those things are good recipes. So this matchup with Seattle is of the utmost importance. And, y'all, I'm telling you, Seattle's not as bad as we thought they were at the beginning of the season. A lot of folks at the beginning of the year just said, ah, the Seahawks are terrible. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're going to get the first pick. They can easily be 3-1 and one right now. They win the opener against Denver. Then they get blasted by the 49ers. 
They play close and fall short against Atlanta. They win a shootout against Detroit. The Seahawks could score. The Seahawks could score a lot. Geno Smith is having the best start to his career that he's ever had. Frankly, he's playing better for Seattle than Russell Wilson is playing for Denver. Geno Smith has completed 102 out of 132 passes for 1,037 yards, six touchdowns, two interceptions. He's pushing the ball down the field. He's completing 77% of his passes, and he's protecting the football. Geno Smith's playing his tail off. So New Orleans is going to have to, I think, get off to a strong start early. Let's play with a lead for a little while. Let's get in, you know, a situation where the other team is chasing New Orleans for a little while. That's something they haven't done all year long. They've been falling behind and having to come back and have miracle fourth quarters. With the exception of the Tampa game, New Orleans really never has had much of a lead at any point this season. So I think it'd be important in the first quarter, get a touchdown and a field goal, go up 10-3, to three and then you'll get, get your run game going. Because if you're chasing it again, and then that pressure starts to hit, that's a lot for a team to overcome. Huge, huge football game for the Saints on Sunday. They've got to win that one. LSU's taking on Tennessee in Death Valley on Saturday morning, 11 o'clock. The Tigers are a three-point underdog in Las Vegas, but ESPN's Football Power Index says LSU has a 58.3% chance to win the game. That's the same Football Power Index that said LSU was a favorite to beat Mississippi State, and everybody rolled their eyes. Remember, LSU was an underdog at home against Mississippi State, and LSU beat the Bulldogs? Well, ESPN's Football Power Index tried to warn everybody out front and said, no, LSU's going to actually win that game. They did. I'm not all the way sold on Tennessee yet. Not all the way sold. Are they better than what they've been? Oh, of course. Of course. They're so much better than what they've been. Do they have an explosive, high-powered offense? You bet they do. Just reading between the lines and looking at some context clues, I'm not ready to altogether just say that this is going to be a game where LSU is going to get blasted and they won't be able to do anything and they won't be able to get any stops. I don't think Florida's very good. I've seen Florida play multiple times. Their offense is very simple. They do a lot of RPO, inside give. It's a very simple offense that, frankly, most of the teams on their schedule has shut down. Tennessee didn't shut it down. It was 38-33 in Tennessee. The Volunteers had a very hard time putting away Florida. That's the first thing. The second thing that leads me to believe that LSU is going to have a really good opportunity in this game is what happened when Tennessee faced Pitt. It's a road game out in Pittsburgh, and Tennessee did win it in overtime 34-27. to Is Pittsburgh a really good football program? At the time, they were ranked in the top 25, so a lot of folks thought, yeah, they are. Since that game, they've struggled against Rhode Island. They lost at home to Georgia Tech. Pittsburgh's not good, y'all, and Tennessee struggled with them. It was a home game. Leads me to believe maybe Tennessee's offense isn't quite as effective away from home. The key for LSU in this game Saturday is going to be twofold. A, can you move the ball? Because you're going to have to score. It's a Tennessee defense that's scoring 48 points a game, but it's a Tennessee, or excuse me, a Tennessee offense that scores 48 points a game, but it's a Tennessee defense that allows 407 yards per game. 
LSU's going to have to move the ball. You're going to have to score 28, 30 points just to have a shot. Can they move the ball? Can they move the ball throwing? Tennessee's pass defense isn't any good. 309 yards passing allowed this season. And then when it's third and three, third and four, can LSU get some RPO and some inside running and find ways to extend drives on the ground? If you do that, you're going to keep their offense off the field and you're going to have a great shot. That's the first thing. The second thing, can you make the Tennessee passing game be uncomfortable? Hendon Hooker, the Volunteers quarterback, is exceptional. He's got eight touchdowns, no interceptions this season. He's completing 71% of his passes. He's a senior. Last year, he was dominant as well. He had 31 touchdowns, three interceptions. Can you make him uncomfortable? Be it by sacking him, be it by disguising coverages, like confusing him, you're going to have to make him uncomfortable. Because if it's a clean pocket and he's able to survey through his options, he's going to tear you apart and they're going to score as many points as they want to score on Saturday. Matt House is going to have to find ways to disguise stuff, delayed blitzes, whatever it may be. And the Tigers are going to have to figure out ways to have those sorts of things happen for them on Saturday to get off of the field. Another big key, third down offense and defense. You got to stay on the field when you're on third down, and you got to get them off the field on the opposite end. Whichever team handles third down better is going to be the team that's going to be in good shape. That's an obvious one. That's almost any uh, any NCAA game. So I almost hesitate even listing that because it's so obvious. But I think this game especially, when LSU has opportunities to get off the field, you have to convert them. Have to convert them. And then the last thing is, can the LSU special teams have something to feel good about on Saturday. When you're a little bit of an underdog, you need that third phase. LSU special teams this season have not been good. They've not been good. The opener, you get kicks blocked, and then since then you've had return penalties. You're kicking the ball out of bounds. You're shanking punts. The special teams have not been good. Can you have something to feel good about on Saturday? Besh has nearly broken some long returns. He's had a few called back from penalties, whatever it may be. Can he get in space and pop one on Saturday? If Tennessee takes, let's say, a kickoff out of the end zone, can you tackle him at the 13-yard line and force them a long field, keep them in the end zone, get that student section going? You need a few plays on special teams to give you a little juice. And you can't afford to have any disastrous plays on special teams that take the momentum out of your locker room. LSU's a three-point underdog. I think this is going to be a great game. I think this is has the opportunity to be one of the best games on the entire college slate on Saturday. The early kickoff stinks a little bit, but, man, LSU fans get over it. It's already a sellout. Go and be loud. Have fun. Cut up. They sell beer in the stadium. If you're worried about, oh, man, I, I want to be drunk whenever I go to the stadium at 6, just buy a bunch of liquor in the stadium, bro. Have fun. This is what Saturdays in the fall are all about. Early kickoff does stink a little bit, right? But how many times in our program's history and LSU's program history has there been 230 games that have been so memorable just a couple hours earlier man a couple hours earlier so I'm excited to see how the Tigers fare against what may be the best opponent that they've played so far let's catch a break when we get back out of the break we are going to make our betting picks we've got three more to give you it's play by play on KLB one more segment to go today's medical minute is provided to you by Thibodeau Regional Health System 
Hello, I'm Billy Nakian, the director of the Spine Center of Excellence at Thibodeau Regional. Have you had a recent neck or back injury? Or have you been suffering with recurrent neck and back pain? Have you been searching for relief? Thibodeau Regional has developed a unique approach to treating neck and back disorders. The Spine Center of Excellence provides a comprehensive, patient-centered approach to ensure that you receive the right care at the right time from the right provider. The Spine Center is different because it offers centralized access to multiple specialties and services. Patients and their referring physicians are led by a nurse navigator through a process of assessment and treatment, individually tailored to the patient's unique condition. In addition to total care coordination, the Spine Center's comprehensive services include everything from high-tech diagnostic imaging to physical therapy, surgery, alternative medicines, and chronic pain services. If you're experiencing back or neck pain, call today. 985-493-4501. The Spine Center of Excellence of Thibodeau Regional will put you on the path back to your normal routine. This Medical Minute was sponsored by Thibodeau Regional Health System, nationally recognized for providing the highest level of quality care and patient satisfaction. Hoorah! I am Wilbur Lewis, a Vietnam veteran. With the help of some generous donors, I'm trying to get our local veterans together, along with their wives, for a Veterans Day dinner at the VFW Hall in La Rose on November the 12th at 6.30 p.m. If I have not contacted you yet and you are interested in attending the dinner, please text me your name and phone number and the branch of service, 985-637-3849, 637-3849. Thank you. Are you having trouble finding the perfect pre-owned RV at the right price? Stop looking in all the wrong places and try RVUniverse.com. RVUniverse.com has thousands of RVs for sale, including motorhomes, travel trailers, fifth wheels, and campers for every budget. RVUniverse.com makes it easy to buy an RV directly or find a dealer near you. You can even apply for financing right on the site. Visit RVUniverse.com today and start planning your next adventure. It's Ram Power Days at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups of their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Whether you need a truck for work or home life, the Ram will do its job. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa, here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse Highway 1 in Raceland features fantastic, authentic Mexican food and steaks. They have great lunch specials Monday to Fridays, plus enjoy happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. And on Fridays, it's two-for-one margaritas from open to close, plus live music on Friday evenings. El Paso Mexican Food and Steakhouse on Highway 1 Raceland. Closing out, play-by-play play. here. We want to thank our sponsors one more time for allowing us to be here. The Blue Boot Foundation, Bent's RV located on Highway 90 in Boutique, Southland Dodge and Homa, Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. Do Friend Building Materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. By the way, and I don't have time to rant on this, um, 
someone go and coach at South Lafouche Biddy. They're missing like three or four coaches across their age group spectrum. Man, I hear parents yelling and screaming and hooting and hollering about coaching every sporting event that I go to. Why don't you stand up and make a difference? I, I did it for years, and I loved it. And if I had the time on the weekends to do it again, I would do it again. I would have never stopped. So go on out and coach a team if you have the opportunity to do so. Find them on South Lafouche Biddy Basketball on Facebook, and I'm sure you'll be able to figure out a way to get involved. Um, Our picks for today. I like under seven and a half runs between the Giants and the Padres. Uh, Rodon's throwing for the Giants. He's incredible. Manea's throwing for the Padres. He's eh, he's all right. He's good enough. It's a big park in San Diego. Excuse me. I like a low-scoring game, and I like uh, neither team to have a whole lot of opportunity to really score much runs there. I like today um, over seven runs in game two. Game two between the Mets and the Nationals. Over seven runs. Espino's throwing for the Nationals. Tawan Walker for the Mets. Tawan Walker struggled lately. Espino's been a mess all year. I like over seven runs there. I like a lot of the quality bullpen to be used in the first game of the doubleheader. And I like more opportunities in the second game of the doubleheader for runs. I like my Atlanta Braves to finally close out and win the National League East today, but boy, I'm starting to get a little nervous. Uh, minus 164, not a big value there, not a big bargain, but I think Jake Odorizzi is going to beat Bryce Garrett and the Braves are going to finally close the door. Let me tell you this, if the Braves lose tonight, as they did lose yesterday, if the Braves lose tonight and the Mets sweep the doubleheader today against Washington and it all comes down to one game tomorrow, I'm going to be a nervous wreck tomorrow. Tomorrow's radio show is not going to be very good if that's the situation. <clears throat> but I do like the Braves to finish the deal tonight. We want to thank everybody for listening. We thank Tommy Minton for his time. We thank Stan Gravoff for his time. Tomorrow we've got a Wednesday show. You guys know what that means. That means it's going to be Mailbag. That means it's going to be Taylor Griffin. That means it's going to be BJ Young. And that means we're going to have a whole lot of fun getting a lot of questions answered from you guys. And we'll be talking some football and everything else in between. This is Casey Jiskler wrapping up play-by-play. Have a wonderful rest of the day. God bless you all. Stay safe on the roads. Have a wonderful rest of the day at work. For those listening live and for those listening on the phones after the fact, um, wherever you are, have a great rest of the day. God bless you all. We'll be back the same time tomorrow. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.